Hello and welcome. I'm Cassandra Ray, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're a learning center of practical spirituality. This means that we practice and teach spiritual tools for personal and global transformation. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. We believe that you're surrounded and supported by an infinite loving presence of power and potential. That you are powerful beyond measure and together we awaken to our spiritual magnificence. Our podcast captures a live inspirational message from our gatherings on Sundays in South Surrey. Enjoy. Thank you, Sue. Of course, it all fits together so beautifully. Because it was as if our musician Sue Turner was speaking about my, I don't know, 25, 26-year-old self. And at the time, I was really busy hustling. I really sought outside of myself for purpose, for validation, even for what I would believe, or even my own opinions. I was looking for them. And, and so much of what defined who I was at that time was really centered around the roles I was filling. So I was a single mom with my daughter. She was, gosh, already seven or eight by then. I gave birth to her when I was 18. So my mid-20s, she's already in what, like second grade, third grade. It still blows my mind. <laughs> oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, and. I was also a tax accountant at that time. I was working for a very large international accounting firm. And the, the boyfriend that I had at the time, which wasn't Will, um, I, I really, I tried to be everything that I thought he wanted me to be and I would adopt what he liked to do, the art that he liked, he was an artist, you know, so I was really, everything was just outside of me and outside of myself. And the, the interesting thing about trying to measure up to everyone and to everything is that it generally just doesn't workout. <laughs> oh, man. And I wish I could just like give her a hug, you know, and just let her know that she didn't have to actually try that hard. It's just, it's not sustainable, right? Like living that kind of a life. And thankfully, Thankfully, I'm, uh, I do things early in life. 
<laughs> right? Like having kids, skipped the sixth grade, graduated from high school really young. You know, and so one of the other things I did a little bit earlier in life was, was begin to figure out that that wasn't going to work. And so I had to realize that I needed to try something different because I was so disconnected. I had these overwhelming feelings, but I didn't know how to process them. And even though I had like made it in my career, I was still struggling financially. And I had no idea who I was or what I actually wanted to be and do in the world. It's funny, if you had asked me at the time kind of what I really want, I would have told you that I wanted my boyfriend to propose. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> and I was really bitter about that. We'd been together for five years, and that's like half your life when you're 25. <laughs> and I mean, little did I know, I was about to meet my husband, who was not my boyfriend at the time. But I, I started to make some shifts and changes. I, I started by going to therapy because I was just so overwhelmed and disconnected. And so while going through therapy, I started to take care of myself. I started to do things intentionally to take care of myself, physically, emotionally. And my therapist asked me at the time, what are your hobbies? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I'm a single mom trying to get my boyfriend to propose. That's my hobby. <laughs> oh man, I was really perplexed. I didn't even know what she meant, you know? So I started to do some experiments. I, um, I joined a book club. That was my first one. And it was, I have such fond memories about being in this book club. There was this small, like, indie bookstore in downtown. I lived in Davis at the time, the college town in Northern California. And I worked on Capitol Mall in the city. And uh, we lived in this tiny college town. And I remember going to this, to this, this book club, this monthly book club, and I would take my daughter Right? And we would show up and she would sit in the kids section reading books for that whole time while I was with the book club peeps. And it was just so amazing to begin to connect with people who had a passion for literature. And I remember reading these stories as a way to find words for what was happening inside of myself. And I began to start to understand what was happening inside of me and to start to tend to that. 
And one of the other things I did at that time was I began taking viola lessons. <laughs> so weird, right? <laughs> but I began playing the viola. And I just hired an instructor, I rented an instrument, and I just started playing. I didn't know if music was my thing. I thought, let me try it out. I mean, it turned out it's not. <laughs> but I will tell you this. This was, it was actually only about maybe six months when this started happening, when I started to engage in this transformation, this personal transformation, it was about six months later that I met Will, who's my current husband. And, and one of the things when we met, oh gosh, I always say things about him when he's not here. <laughs> it's a secret, it's not a secret, I know. Um, one of the things that happened when I met him was that um, I, I, because it was so weird that I was playing a viola, we were talking about it, or it was just so new, and come to find out, um, he plays the violin. Now, music really is his thing, and I would say that, you know, he's a violinist, um, and he's been playing since he was a child, and he's played in some incredible places. Uh, he played in community orchestra. Um, I will say that that's not his profession, <laughs> but he, he is into music. And it's wonderful because he still brings that into our life today. So while I met him, we had this thing in common that really helped kind of like draw us together, right? So it was perfectly timed. But that was the, I'm, I don't know, maybe I played the viola for three months or something like, just long enough to meet Will. <laughs> then I stopped playing. Oh, and I'll just tell you, he doesn't play in public anymore, no matter how many times you ask him. So, don't ask. <laughs> he'll say no, but graciously. He'll, he'll say a gracious no. See, I'm gonna, he's out of town right now. He's in New Mexico visiting his mom and his brother. And so I'll just have to tell him, see, every time you go away, I'm going to tell a secret about you. <laughs> in the Gifts of Imperfection by Dr. Brene Brown, she says that the very foundation of resiliency is the ability to overcome adversity and transform trauma into wholehearted thriving is spirituality. That spirituality is the foundation of resiliency. And we know that. That's why we're here, right? Practicing our spirituality. But even at that time, when I was 26, 27, 28, that that was me actually connecting with my spirit through that work, even though I would have never called it that at the time. But when we look at what spirituality is, this is, this is Brene Brown's definition, and I quote, 
Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. Yes, I want that kind of spirituality. That is why I am here. And what's interesting is that one of the things that Dr. Brene Brown's research showed was that one of the things we do in our lives in order to just manage everything is that there's this tendency to numb out and to dull the pain of very difficult emotions. And so if we are going to wake up in terms of shining our lights and being that light for ourselves and for each other, one of the things that we get to do is to release numbing out and doling the pain. Darn it. <laughs> because numbing out can feel so good in the moment. And it can be such a powerful draw. And I am like not immune to that at all. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting is that uh, Dr. Brene Brown says that it's everyone is on this spectrum of numbing out and that the resilient ones, the ones who can turn trauma into wholehearted living, just have the skills to know where they're at on that spectrum. And so that the numbing out that you may do, that it doesn't interfere with your authentic expression. So the key for us in terms of connecting spiritually is to simply know where you're at. So one of the things I want each one of you to think about today is what do you do when you numb out to dull the pain? <coughs> like, even make a list in your journal. Because then when you can take the time to notice those behaviors, when they pop up in your life, especially this time of year, when they pop up, then that's your indicator of like, oops, numbing out today. And it's not necessarily that, um, you know, sometimes there's a, an impulse to judge that, but remember that the awareness of, of, of what you're doing, that that just puts you at a place of choice. You, are, you then have a choice of where you're going to go next. And sometimes you will choose to continue to numb out because we're human. 
And I'd ask for you to also choose reaching out. Just like Tamara so beautifully talked about in her experience in this tragic death that happened, she saw these kids reaching out to one another to support each other. And she mentioned that she doesn't know what anyone's going through unless she asks. And I'd say that is true for all of us in this room today. We don't know what's going on inside. We don't. We don't know what's in this room. And yet, what we can depend on is that there is love in this room. No matter the pain or the sorrow or the grief or the confusion or uncertainty or anxiety that might be here in the room, we know that there is always love and not a controlling or dominating kind of love, but a grace of love. A sense of being wrapped in a warm blanket on a cold night kind of love. A love that can whisper to you in any moment that no matter what's going on for you, I've got you. Because that is the source of all life everywhere. That source has got you. As much as we can rely on the stars in the sky being there and moving in the galaxy, is the same kind of faith we can have in the power that created those stars. That's love. And sometimes there's clouds in between us and those stars, and yet they're still there. When I was a teenager in high school, there was an earthquake. It was called the Loma Prieta, 1989. You remember it? Oh, that was in my geology class. Oh, you were. It was, we, you talked about it in your geology class. Yeah, it was that big a deal. Yeah, it was. It was a huge deal. Biggest earthquake I've ever been in. Scariest experience to have every. I mean, I saw the ground move, and I was inside a building, right? And it was just like, it was crazy. And the thing about having a big earthquake like that is the electricity went off and the, the power and the gas, you know, there were these, there was a blackout in the entire city for, in some places, days. And I remember, I remember uh, that evening, my mom uh, was a nurse at the time. So as soon as it happened, my mom just went right to work. She said, I'm going to the hospital. See you later, kids. We were all in our teens. And so here I am at home. And the thing about a big earthquake is that you, doesn't, you just don't get one earthquake. You get a series of earthquakes. There are aftershocks afterward. The, the, the ground is still finding its new place. 
And so they, I was terrified. I was, and I was at home with my sisters, and they either, they either weren't afraid or they were like, whatever. They were like too cool to be afraid. They were, they were a little bit older than me. And that night, with the power out, I have never experienced such darkness in my life because the whole city was in darkness. You couldn't even see across the street or see, how, see, see where the street ended. And I remember seeing the stars that night like I had never seen them before. It was brilliant beautiful, amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I went to my next door neighbor's house because there was an older lady who lived next door and she had one of those camping lights. <laughs> and I just was like, I'm scared. I'm going to find a safe place for myself. And I went next door and I stayed with my neighbor as long as I could because it was the safest place I knew. And sometimes, in the dark of the night, there can be such beauty. Now, I wouldn't ask for the dark of the night. I wouldn't ask to be afraid or to be miserable or in pain. But if we can find a way to be fully present, there is love, there is beauty, and it can shine, even if it's from the neighbor's <laughs> camping light. It's here. And each, each one of us has this light within ourselves. I kind of think of it as, you know, those dimming switches on the lights that they have in fancy houses? <laughs> right? When we're numbing out, we're effectively dimming that light. But we have the ability to turn that light up brighter and warmer for ourselves and I take great comfort in knowing that my young 20-something self that I can even look to her for suggestions you know when I look at what I did then I recognized that I was miserable and that it wasn't working and I reached out for support and I began to play with options. I began to play with what brings me joy? What, what lights me up? And, you know, roots of what, what brought me joy then are still what bring me joy now. Connecting with people who want to grow and learn, that's what I did then. And I'm still doing it today. And I'm more and more and more in love with that process of just connecting 
holding space for one another and leaning into what's possible. So as you also, in your journal, are writing, what, what kind of behaviors do you tend to turn to when you numb out? I also want you to make another list of what lights you up. What do you enjoy? Even if it doesn't make sense, even if you don't understand it. If it lights you up, there's something in there for you. Even like the viola wasn't my long-lost musical love, but there was something in there for me, right? And it took me to that next, that next place. Those answers for yourself are so important. You can begin to make another list for yourself, too, of who in your life holds space for you. Who can you reach out to that won't judge or criticize you, but will hold you in their light while yours is dimmed? Because we all need that from each other from time to time. I want to close today with a, a reading from this thing called You by Ernest Holmes. Oh, my copy is so dog-eared. Oh, literally, my dog ate some of it. (laughs) I'm not joking. Ah, All the books in my house have to be up high so that she doesn't read, eat them, read them, so my dog doesn't eat them. One of the things about Dr. Holmes and his evolution is closer to the end of his life he began to be to write a lot more poetic and um, really began to focus on love. Most of his career is teaching us about law and how to use spiritual principle. Man, and boy, do we ever need that. And I want to read something to you from him. There is a peace at the center of your being a peace that can be felt throughout the day and in the cool of the evening when you have turned from your labor and the first star shines in the soft light of the sky. It broods over the earth quietly, tenderly, as a mother watches over her child. And say this to yourself, in this peace that holds me so gently, I find strength and protection from all fear or anxiety. It is the peace of God in which I feel the love of a holy presence. I am so conscious of this love, this protection, that every sense of fear slips away from me as mist fades in the morning light. Yeah. Let's do this together. Let's hold each other up and close as we walk home, knowing the truth of one another, that no matter what happens, each one of you is good enough just as you are, because you are absolutely the light of spirit itself. 
and so it is. Perfect timing! <laughs> because we have time for a question or two. Who's first? Yes? I would love it if you would read Brendan Brown's uh, part you read about um, what, it means, what her, her uh, definition of spirituality. Absolutely. Brene Brown, I'm going to shorten it to the meat of it here. Brene Brown's definition of spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power that's greater than us, that's grounded in love and compassion. Thank you, Brene Brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who's, who's next? I got one. Yes. Could you read the Ernest Holmes quote again? Oh, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, I can hear it again. <laughs> oh, I lost it, honey. I'm so sorry. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I took my little thing out and oh, it's not okay. there. No, it's okay. I just loved it. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it is toward the back. Yeah, thank you. And maybe we can post it on our social media, too. Yes, yeah. Would you have ever even known that that was Ernest Holmes if I had no. not told you? No. no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. One of the things about that book, this thing called You, is um, it's, it's my all-time favorite Ernest Holmes book. But the way he does it is he, he writes content, presents his ideas, and then he writes these affirmations. And so these affirmations that are interspersed all throughout, we can take those affirmations and we can practice these ideas inside our hearts and minds. So it's so beautiful. When I'm having a hard time, I'm struggling, I pick that book, this thing called you. Who's next? This is great. Awkward silence. It's so important for us to practice being in our awkwardness together because in order to really walk each other home, we got to be willing to be in the awkward and uncomfortable. Darn it, it's not awkward anymore. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the last question though. <laughs> Yes. So the message seems to be reaching out, asking, mm. um, sharing. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to know how many people are comfortable doing that. Raise your hand if you're comfortable reaching out. <laughs> About half. Maybe. For the other yeah. half, what advice do you have? That's a great question. What was the question? The question is, what advice do I have for people who aren't comfortable reaching out and asking? I love this question, thank you. You know, I personally would never do this. However, <laughs> have you ever seen a show on telly or, oh my gosh, have you ever seen this in real life? I'm, this is, I'm so curious now. Um, 
You know when you're teaching a kid to swim and they have that method of like tossing them in and seeing what they do? I, like I said, I would never do that and I'm not suggesting it now. <clears throat> However, there is an element of that in your question, Sherry, because reaching out in order to strengthen that muscle you kind of just have to do it like Nike says just do it and I would say it's very important to start with a trusted person who in your world is a safe person to reach out to and you know it doesn't have to be like hey I'm struggling and I need something right I need you to it doesn't even have to be that it could be hey I've got some free time and I want to go for a walk would you walk with me hey I have some time on Saturday do you want to catch a film you know it's even something like that start small and build your way up because just being together with people opportunities will come up for you to share the deeper parts of your process and if you're ready to share at a more vulnerable level and maybe with some important people in your life then tell them that hey can we talk I have something really important I need to share with you and I'm feeling quite vulnerable about it would you be willing to just listen and it's really important that you know I'm not asking for advice because this is so vulnerable I'm trying to find my way through it and what would be really helpful if you would just listen I just need to know that you can hear me so really setting it up and letting people know that it's hard for you it's really hard for me to reach out and ask but I am because I'm really struggling right now. Would you be willing to pray with me? Would you be willing to do a treatment for me? Right? Those are, those, those are some specific kind of language, languaging things that you can use. Let me know if you need something specific afterwards, because <laughs> I'd have to say that connecting at a heart level is truly my passion. So let's take it into the heart right now. If you're willing to just close your eyes and tune into your body, letting yourself relax and be supported by the chair beneath you. I take a moment to recognize that it is the source of all life everywhere that is supporting each and every one of us in this very moment. I recognize that there is a presence of peace within each one. At the center of every cell in the body is this source of wholeness and peace and love and I remember that as I am one with this source 
so too is each one listening now. One with this great power of health and love and peace. I take a moment to remember that there is an inner presence, an inner light that is guiding each one perfectly, divinely, in perfect unfoldment right in this moment. That there is light always within and all around. And what I know is that the, the exact right and perfect reflections of that light is showing up for each one. That there are people, places, resources that are, that are lining up to remind each one of the love and the value and the beauty that lives within. And man, am I so grateful to be on this path together to be living and loving with the whole heart. Hmm. I know that there is a great power moving through every emotion, even when it's uncomfortable. That there is a great power of love and peace behind it. And so I celebrate, I celebrate this community, all that it gives, all that it receives knowing it is already done, I release my word into the law of mind, letting it be. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.